Uh, am I starting or are you starting? <laughs> just, the longer it got, the more I was going to go with it. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Modernist Society. I'm your host in New York, Jason Mojica. I'm Eric Ottens in Chicago. We have some very scary guests for you this week. A uh, local band, I would say infamous, of ill repute called The Goblins, kind of a masked rock and roll band that have been playing off the top of my head with no research, a good 20 plus years around town and internationally. Yeah. And through all of that time, they've managed to keep their identities secret, which is perhaps the most impressive part. Yeah, um, I mean, BBC, Bloomberg, Fox News, CNN, there have been multiple pieces on this. Vice News, I know, looked into it um, aggressively, and just no one has been able to get a lead. <laughs> Indeed, but there, We're not yeah, breaking there, the story either. No, no, but there is just something so familiar about them. <laughs> uh-huh. You know. well, and the I thing don't mean is, to I mean, act it, that they are, you know, they were overly familiar with us. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you were you were you were there in person. I was here, so I don't know what kind of the physicality of the situation was. Maybe they were. It did get it did get physical, but not in a familiar way, in, in a pretty threatening way. But um, I mean, the familiarity—if you've seen um, anything from Creature from the Black Lagoon to <laughs> Scream—I mean, you know, you've probably seen masks. <laughs> it's true. It is uh, pretty. St- iconic trope and uh i mean what were your feelings going into this nervousness fear intimidation degradation shame and so on <laughs> uh what's your favorite goblin song well jason my favorite goblin song is parentheses the police are close parentheses just doing their jobs you know i know a lot of you out there like to put their police like a little song to say how bad they are. But if that CD got stolen, the first thing you do is call the cops. Now I know some of them like to abuse their power. But don't let a few bad apples ruin them a whole bunch. Man, the cops are just doing their job. And besides some pretty unprecedented chord progressions and song structures, um, you know, there's some pretty insightful lyrics that, sure, there are a few bad apples, but for the most part, if you if you're in a if your apartment gets robbed. They're going to come figure out who did it and give you your stuff back. So, yeah, I guess I don't really have that much more to say here. Probably um, you should just listen to the interview, see what you can pick up on about a legendary, terrifying, masked Chicago rock band. As always, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast uh, as well as follow us on the social media. We are the underscore modernist on Twitter. The Modernist, D-O-T-C-O-M, on Instagram and some other things. And now we go to our interview with the Goblins' lead singer, Phantom Creeper, and bass player, Domination. Phantom Creeper and Domination, thanks a lot for coming into the studio, taking the time to uh, talk to us. Now, you guys were way out there ahead of uh, this mask thing with the COVID. Has that worked out conveniently for you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, mine had a zipper. So... I would say we were ahead of the mask singer. 
True. Yeah, true I, I feel like that's sort yeah. of where, where we were coming from. Because we actually would have alternate animal costumes. We had a history of uh, being angry that people were stealing from us, too, though. Right. We were pretty, we have a whole, I mean, we going back to the, uh, uh, the Unabomber suite. Yep, we did a Unabomber thing, and then MTV stole that. Thank you. Um, no one stole when we did the uh, TSOL thing, though, which is pretty fucking great. We, uh, yeah, we, we had a lot of things stolen for us. We'd get angry, but that's, you know, that was part of, you know, it's punk rock or angry guys. Sorry. What was the Unabomber suite? We wrote a, uh, a mini rock opera about the Unabomber and, uh, you know, we acted it out a little bit. <laughs> the one song that made the album was worst brother ever. Yeah. But bro- <laughs> we were, we were upset about his brother. We were upset tur- about his brother turning, turning him in. It, just, it just seemed like it wasn't cool. <laughs> You know, and it was sort of blaming the brother for being a jealous, you know, yeah, a jealous brother didn't share the Tonka trucks. And then wait, ah, uh, fuck, what you didn't you get? Is that the one where you got caught up in the handcuffs? You were locked. You locked your. You lost the keys to the hand. You were handcuffed on stage, and you lost the keys. Yeah, one time I did get handcuffed on stage. I had to drive home with handcuffs on. <laughs> It's a good thing you had that little steering wheel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tricked out car. Low, low, my low exactly. rider. <laughs> that was good. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I don't remember why we did handcuffs. We, it was, well, we, <clears throat> we've been robbed before, though. What was the other thing? We There was another thing we did. And that, well, shortly thereafter, was it Upright Citizens Brigade? It had like some... S- Unibomber suite. It was something. It was it. It was some short-lived MTV show that did the exact same thing. They were a prank show that was casting a Unibomber rock opera, but we had a. There was somebody involved that had that could have seen it. Like there was somebody from the scene that was there. Like we felt like we were actually. Yeah, they sent out spies, but they didn't make any money off that, and neither did we. <laughs> <laughs> the history of our the Goblin story. We're still story. fucking here, and where the hell are they? Yeah. <laughs> we're, right? we're on a podcast and what are they doing exactly <laughs> hell yeah well what are some of your other like memorable shows or i know you guys will do a lot of elaborate kind of stage shows we had a band we had a ska band called skinalingus that's right <laughs> and skinalingus skin that was our skin band that's right it was we're is our oi band? I mean, you should you, you you probably know about this stuff being a, a veteran of the third wave ska scene yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, you were in Scanalingus. Scanalingus, yep. <laughs> <laughs> just like Charlie Mingus. We did a, we, it. was a medley of all the vaguely ska sounding <laughs> rock songs from the early eighties, but but with our own song holding yes. it together. Yeah, but we did. Didn't we do Our House? We did the least ska song by Madness. Right. <laughs> Wings of a Dove is pretty non-ska. I was. I thought it was very funny you did that. I think it's the speech from the beginning of the Madness record and you definitely didn't know one of the words and you just kind of, with push just made up <laughs> any word. Yeah, you just couldn't figure it out. Was but then we also hired somebody to do the the talking part off the skinhead record yes the oi the, the oi uh, the, the oi speeches yeah yeah we hired unit some... eight yeah <laughs> unit eight unit eight. eight that was a good day yeah and then we and then we had a, a, a hippie in the we had a plant in the audience a hippie and we beat up the hippie and we beat him up and then we switched it with a uh, with a dummy dressed with a exactly dummy. Like, like, like total that was our most sctv moment <laughs> that was completely that was the only time that something happened in our show that i laughed <laughs> like yeah. I was actually almost falling down laughing. Like when that dummy flew into the audience, it was one of the funniest things I ever saw. And I had to change in that uh, 
that fucking bathroom at the oh, uh, so disgusting at, at the, the fireside at the fireside fireside bathroom so gross. having to do like a bunch of costume changes in that fireside bathroom was was tough yeah <laughs> it's just a giant puddle of piss i heard a comedy record what's that guy there's a comedy record where a guy just does like 10 minutes about that bathroom <laughs> the guy from the guy who used to go to shit to shows what was his what's his name Car, is it canane Car- yeah kyle canane kyle canane has like a 10 minute skit just about that bathroom and <laughs> wow. it, that's reasonable that's a re- <laughs> that, that was a, that was a reasonable thing to you know it's interesting i used to bartend at the fireside bowl and it's notable that i was never asked to clean the bathroom or do anything like that so yeah <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure you were never asked to, for an, to ask people for their ids either <laughs> no there wasn't a lot of i was trained in how to uh water down drinks uh or water down down in the basement you know basically would take all of the top shelf empty bottles and fill them with you know rail liquor that was step one <laughs> Uh, washing um, plastic cups, you know, washing like plastic disposable Miller Lite cups, you know, and you'd serve beer and someone would like see this like lipstick on it and just be like, you know, understandably revolted. I came with the territory. I would yeah, I mean, I think I saw like 12 year olds like getting beers from the bar there pretty much. Like there was no carding at all. Yeah, we were all also weren't doing a lot of charging for the beer. It's just, it's just you were giving away pretty free flowing yeah nice anyway <laughs> that place was so it, what a weird place to do shows but also that it lasted longer than any punk club in the history of punk clubs and they did 15 shows a week yeah, for like 11 years like it was in yeah I, re- I was going through I was going through some I was going through old flyers and I found some fireside calendars and i was like oh my god and like that obviously when some band i was in was playing and during that month would be like three or four bands that became like fucking famous like blink 182 and like it would be like two or three other bands that had like hit records like after the fact i was kind of shocked because in my mind i was like oh that was way after the fact that's like i uh the shows i liked there the most were I guess we just gave up on the comics. Like, <laughs> but the show, like, like one, of, one of the White Sox was in a punk band on, um, you know, the NoFX label. Um, Fat Records. Like one of the White Sox was in a, in a was a lead singer of a band called really? Pulley. So I would go to the show. Like I would go, go see his show. Uh, Scott Radinsky. He was, was he the guy who was in Scared Straight? Yes, he was in Scared Straight. Right. He was in Scared Straight, and then he was in Pulley. So I would go see him, like you know, like at the White Sox, and I'd hang out with him at the show. <laughs> that was really fun. And then those Bikini Kill shows where they would make everybody sit down, and it was so packed. And like that band, that 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 was a super memorable. Like I really, I was a little bit too old to be going to punk shows, you know, like by a couple of years. I felt at that time, but that was the only one of the ones where there was a band that was really popular that I felt like I was experiencing because that show was good. Yeah. Like it was super intense, you know, I mean, and, and, uh, Martine too. Like when Martine would play, I, I was really convinced that that shit was good. You know, he would, they would hand out those lyric sheets and then he would give a super long speech where he would come out as gay every show. <laughs> it would feel like it was like the first time you heard it and it was amazing. <laughs> those were great shows. Like those were the two bands that I remember seeing there that, that, uh, I mean, not, not Pulley Pulley was not good. They were a fat records band. <laughs> like 
if if the the high point of the label is no effects and then everything is, else is worse than that that's rough you know <laughs> like everyone is striving to be as good as no effects and they they made a career out of it though they did Jesus. a million albums they did the same record over and over again and they came out in like like earlier than you would imagine oh yeah like 79 yeah. or something uh nardcore bro yeah oxnard so what else dutchy come on i think we're about to wrap this They're up not letting them what about the missing what about the missing in, in iron in, in the orange Ooh. orange county you want to explain the missing fits missing fits was the goblins album uh we found uh we were at touch and go that's um, true <laughs> And, I, and I, I swear to God, I think, uh, I, I can't remember if it was David Berman or the plush guy, but like while, while we were there, like we were actually there with our our, our record before that had, um, this is 100% true in every way. <laughs> they put out a CD. It was a CD of our, our first record that came out on Touch and Go or, or distributed by Touch and Go. And there was a computer virus on the, on the, on the CD. <laughs> they couldn't release the CD because if you put it to your computer, it would ruin your computer. I forgot about that. So they had to repress it, but then they let us, so, and because it was, they were so behind, like profitability was now 100% nil. We had to go and like repackage them. Like we were like, okay, we'll come. Cause if we did, it was, just, it was, they were so fucked, you know? So we went and repackaged them and then I kept like, I kept like a hundred of the ones and yeah. I put like a, a an alien sticker on it and that's a special virus limited edition. So, and one of either David Berman or the plush guy came in and they were like helping me do CDs for a few minutes. It was just insane. It had to have been David Berman. I can't see the plush guy helping you do CDs. Yeah, it was a maybe. Who knows? It was weird one way or the other. Like the, that's who's going to help me put the virus CDs, pull the virus CDs. <laughs> and then we found... um. Like and, and Corey's like, hey, do you guys want to see the Misfits coffins? And we're like, sure. So he showed us showed us the Misfits coffins, and uh, when he left, we just were fucking around with it. And we found some sheet music. Yeah, tablature. Tablature of like unreleased Misfits songs. So we did our best. We don't read music very well, or sing very well, or play very well, but we did our best, and it was a pretty good record. <laughs> It's a shop where no one goes I'm the counter I just find And you can do it who lost his mind Make do it out of body parts it sold you know it, it sold we oh we had, and we had a special edition of it too sold in an urn yeah we had an urn edition <laughs> the urn edition has one song that's not on it which i really can't believe nobody has because no one probably only what like, song was i don't even know what we it was called um uh, flying saucers from mars or something and it was it was a misfits cut-in record <laughs> <laughs> using Misfits songs oh, exactly. The Dickie Goodman. It was one. like a Dickie Goodman. That's right. Misfits cutting record. Oh, and and I can't believe nobody has put that online. I mean, <laughs> you'd think that one person had the cassette. I met a guy once, and this is unfortunately also true. And 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 before it took a long between the cassette and the uh, CD coming out was a few months. Uh, so so this these 
Goblins fans bought the urn. The urn set. Now you know he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So the urn set was a like Goblins fans. Goblins. This is this is unfortunately who tells us about our Goblins fans. So this guy's like, look, you know, me and my buddy, you know, we just listen to that cassette all the time, man. It is the best. We love it so much, man. This guy, so many times, you know, he was gonna like he was just thinking about ending it all, and this is what lifted him up, you know, like just this record really helped him. And then I'm like, how's he doing? He said, he, he, <laughs> he killed himself. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but it did, it did, it did live, you know, for the, it was something that did bring him pleasure. In his last year, it did really bring him pleasure. Oh God, damn it. <laughs> But we can't afford to lose anymore. No, we really could. Well, this is also actually a true story. We had a, we did have a super fan, Johnny Trolley, right? Johnny Trolley, we had a super, super fan. We did have one super fan, and and he won a contest where he we just gave him everything Goblin related, everything we'd ever made. He won a contest to win everything he didn't have. He had a bunch of our stuff. We played with his band in Providence, and he was a like a super goblin fan like his yeah. band was called he was called johnny charlie because his band was called the mr rogers experience or something where everybody was a mr rogers character like so he was a trolley and he but the thing was like and he was a do you remember what his background was he's born some kind of born again christian he had he, had, he, he california came, grapes he came right he came from christian music and his family uh was in a group like when he was a kid he was in a family band and they would dress in california raisin song raisin costumes and then change like motown songs into you know or, or like you know just some some songs they didn't have to change i remember he was like well like we would change i'm a believer to you know i saw I'm christ's face i'm a believer <laughs> i'm like yeah that's not that big a change <laughs> And, and but anyway, then, wait, then wait, but I got one. Uh, the, he told me one of the best things anyone's ever told me uh, at a thing. When, when, so I'm asking a million questions about the Christian thing, and uh, he said, "Yeah, I remember one time we're playing," and he named whatever the biggest Christian festival is. And so, for some reason, the California Raisins band is playing at the, like the biggest Christian <laughs> festival, and he's in the van that's taking them from the hotel to the site, and he's in the band with DC Talk. And uh, who are were at the time the biggest Christian group in the world, you know, non gospel, you know, like they were like a rap group. Do you remember them? Yeah, yeah. So he's with them and he's like trying to make conversation with them. And he's probably 14 or something. He's like, man, don't you guys hate Marilyn Manson? And DC Talk like puts her hand on his shoulder and like, no, you have to love Marilyn Manson. <laughs> 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 oh, Wait, I, but then, no, but then he ends up like trying to sell all that goblin he, shit on like eBay. He puts all the goblins and nobody buys, buys it. It sells for five cents. <laughs> <laughs> Our entire catalog <laughs> sold like he started it like a no, like a five cent bid, and he ends up selling. So not only did like he come into hard times that he thinks he's selling the only valuable thing he has, and it turns out like. It, it, it invalidates everything. He, like he believed that we were the greatest band, and it was invalidated. Yeah, oh, that was rough. That was our number one fan. That was our, our biggest fan. We had another super Zimmerman. We used to call him Super Fan. Yeah. I don't know whatever happened to that guy. He, he t emailed me, and I haven't written him back yet. But I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to it. Yeah. All right. What else you need to know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, if you, if you, if you, for real, if there's anything that you take away from this, you have to love Marilyn Manson. <laughs> you do. You gotta love him. Those are words to end on. Sounds like to me. Thank you, Dutchie. 
Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dachi. Thanks, Jason. Thank you.